0: Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us.
1: Every once in a while somebody comes to me and tells me that they really appreciate the work that I have done. They have really benefited from it and their lives have been totally changed as a result of the influence that I've had in their life. This doesn't happen all the time, of course, but it does happen often enough in order to mention it that people do benefit an awful lot from the work that I have done and their lives have been changed. And one of the ways that they express this is to come to me and say, Aaron, I just want to be like you. They usually preface that by saying that they don't look at me as though I am God or something or as though I am a standard to live by necessarily, but they do recognize that that I personally live a life of trust and dependency on my God. And in that way, they want to be like me. Or in other respects, they see the kind of work that I am doing now and the number of people that I am reaching out to on a global basis. And they say, I want to be just like you in the sense that I want to reach out to a lot of people with the gospel just as you are. But whenever I hear this, I normally experience a great deal of stress because I can be very concerned about an individual. I mean, just on face value, I can easily say, look, I am not Jesus. I am not God. I am not the model. I am not the standard. You need to turn to Him and look to Him to see how He may direct you in your daily life and what He may have for you to do, not to try to be a duplicate of myself. You need to understand that you have a personal relationship with your God. And that relationship will more than likely look very different than the relationship that I have with my God. And we need to be thankful for that. We need to be thankful for the fact that he works with us on a personal level as opposed to on a group level for the most part. And understanding that, we can recognize again that we have a personal relationship with our God and that is so much greater So much greater than the relationship that he had, for example, with the nation of Israel, the nation as a whole. Certainly he did have a personal relationship with some of the people in the nation. However, it was not the norm. It was not something that everyone experienced. Only a handful of people can say that they have experienced that, some of whom we have testified of in the Old Testament. But today he's like that with everyone, without exception. So when people say that to me, I often get quite nervous because I'm wondering just where they are going with that and what they're really thinking. And I am very fortunate, I have been very fortunate up to date, to be able to say that so far no one has come to me with a cultic perspective looking at me as though I am the Messiah himself. I've been very fortunate concerning that and I certainly hope that I never experience anything like that. But what people instead usually mean by that, what they're trying to get to or what they're trying to communicate, is the idea that they really want to do something for the Lord. They really want to live a life of trust in the Lord. They're just simply expressing that in whatever way that they know how. However, there is some concern because in the world, people look at these things in a different way. In the world, what people often do is they try to find somebody who is successful, for example, successful in business or successful in medicine or successful in whatever field that this individual might have an interest in. And people will look at this successful individual and they will say, look, all I need to do is be like this person. I just need to go where they go, or at least the kinds of places that they go to. I need to wear the kinds of clothes that they wear. I need to eat the kinds of foods that they eat. I need to have the same kind of study habits that they have. I need to have the same kinds of attitudes as they have. I will just simply try to imitate these individuals or this individual that they have a specific interest in. They just simply need to imitate them. And if they do that, then chances are they will experience the same success as these other successful individuals have experienced. And of course, that normally does not work out at all. However, this is a belief that some people have. And because people have this belief in the world, sometimes it filters or it finds its way into the church or it finds its way into religious environments or religious ideals where people will look for a religious leader and say, I just need to be like this individual. And unfortunately, there are a lot of individuals who do present themselves in that way. There are many religious leaders who present themselves in the context of, I'm so glad you have come to me. You have come to me to learn from me, to listen to me, to learn how to be just like me. Unfortunately, there are many people who say that. Now, they don't say that so directly as I have just said that. They say it indirectly in the sense that I have experienced great wealth and prosperity. And if you follow the principles that I have learned, then you also will experience great wealth and prosperity, things like that. If you will learn how to live in the way that I have lived, in the way that I'm continuing to live, if you learn the methodology, if you learn the strategies, if you learn the principles and you apply them in your life, then you will avoid sin in your life and you will put sin out of your life. That's another thing that people will sometimes say. But all of this comes down to a simple fundamental idea. And that is that if you act like somebody else, then perhaps someday you'll be like somebody else. That's what people aren't normally thinking. Unfortunately, I don't see that being the case. I don't see the, any evidence for that whatsoever, but there are many people who truly believe that. The word that is used in order to describe this attitude or this pursuit is the word imitate. And sometimes people get this from the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 13, this word is used in verse 7, where it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. In other words, they have conduct, they have behavior, they have attitudes, actions, they have Things that they involve themselves in and considering their conduct, recognize that there are some results to their conduct. That because of their behavior, they have experienced some results. Now, these results can be measured in many different ways. These results can be measured in the sense of these people have gone out and witnessed to many other people about the Lord Jesus, and because they have done that, there are many people who now believe in the Lord Jesus. And so if you want that kind of a result in your life, if you want to have the result of bringing many people to Christ, many people to salvation, then just do it in the same way that other people have done it, and you will experience great success, or you will at least experience the same success that they have experienced. Now, I certainly am a very good example of someone who does not do what other people do. In many ways, people often don't know what to call me, they don't know what I'm doing, they don't know how to categorize me or how to catalog me, because the ministry and the work that I do is very, very unique The way that I do it is very, very unique. The way I manage and run Living God Ministries is very, very unique. The way I handle the finances is totally unique. The way that I communicate the gospel is totally unique. The kinds of programs that I develop and broadcast are relatively unique. The way that I approach the ministry and the way that I disperse materials and content is very unique. And the fact that I have been able to survive where many ministries have failed is, of course, even more unique. There's a lot of uniqueness to what I do and the way that I do it, but please understand that the results... The results are not necessarily, I don't believe that they are at all, they are not because of my actions or because of my behavior. I really do believe that the living God is divinely involved in what I am doing, and because he is divinely involved in what I am doing, he is actively participating, I believe that I have seen success, and I'm very thankful for that. And if the ministry work that I'm doing ends for whatever reason, i'm not going to say that the Lord has withdrawn his hand, don't get me wrong again, that's not how I measure these things and I'm certainly not suggesting that he's not involved in other people's work either. I'm not suggesting that in any way whatsoever. I'm only saying that credit needs to be placed where it belongs, and in this case is definitely with the Lord Jesus. but please understand that if you just imitate what I am doing, if you do what i am if you copy my behavior, if you copy my model. That does not mean that there will be success. It doesn't mean that at all, because this is a living, breathing experience that we are all having here on this earth, and there is divine intervention here and there in ways that we don't necessarily understand. And just because we start imitating somebody else doesn't mean that the Lord is then going to be obligated to divinely intervene in the same way. You need to understand that there are many dynamics that are taking place well beyond what we ourselves are even involved in. And that's something that I believe some people have a tendency to forget. And so I really wanted to mention that right now. But please recognize that the results themselves are not necessarily because of our conduct. That can be assumed, especially when reading a verse such as this in the middle of verse 7. This is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. It says, "...and considering the result of their conduct..." imitate their faith. Again, they may have conduct, but that doesn't mean that the results that they experience are necessarily, in totality, the result of their conduct. Do not make that assumption about what is being said here. Consider the results in the sense of recognize that there were results, Certainly there were results, but again, it does not necessarily mean in totality that it's because of their conduct. Just simply recognize that their conduct was a part of the results, a part of the end result, but not the fullness and not the entire root cause of the results that have unfolded. Because if you assume that that's the case, then you can read the end of this verse and see it say, imitate their faith. And you just go out and imitate somebody expecting the same results. But if they don't happen, if they don't occur, then what are you going to think? Well, you've got to assume that there's something wrong with you. And here is a wonderful opportunity for all kinds of personal condemnation and guilt and shame A lot of problems can result from this, and so I definitely do not want to encourage you to go down this path, because you can end up feeling a great amount of depression and guilt and shame because of the failure that you probably will experience, like many people have. And what could be worse is if you experience great success, because that enforces a deception that will eventually unfold in another way, because again, you may experience success in one way, but you may not experience success in another, and then what are you going to do? then you're going to be totally confused. And I certainly don't think that you want to experience that. We have enough confusion as it is. When this word imitate is used, what we do not want to see, what I don't want to see, and I'm sure you don't want to see this either, but sometimes it ends up being the case, what you don't want to see is somebody just becoming an imitation of somebody else. And I think that that would be a better way of describing this, is to throw that shun on the end of there to say imitation. That at best, all you're going to possibly be able to become is an imitation of somebody else. And when I say it that way, it should sound very, very obscure as to why someone would just want to be an imitation. I mean, why not be the real thing? And if you want to think of it from that perspective, then instead of trying to be an imitation of Jesus... Be like Jesus, be the real Jesus, or be like Jesus in a very real way. But unfortunately, people may be satisfied. They may feel very satisfied in just being an imitation of somebody else, assuming that there will be success eventually as a result. But when they take that kind of an attitude, that means that they are not really concerned about the depth of who they are as a person. They're not really concerned about the depth of their personal individual character, Instead, they may very well be satisfied in just being an imitation, just pretending, just pretending to be someone that they are not. There are many people who are actually satisfied in doing that, in behaving in that way, and esteeming positions of authority and esteeming positions in churches and in other congregations and in ministries or in other areas of life and business and in other areas of our economy, people often are very satisfied just pretending to be somebody else because of the end results. Because the end results to them will justify, justify adequately what they are personally wanting to obtain. But instead of that, let's talk about faith for a moment. Consider faith. Consider the importance of faith. Well, first of all, let's talk about what it is. As I spoke about the subject of faith when I was doing the recordings in Hebrews chapter 11, I spoke about faith as a response to the truth that has been revealed to us. And this is definitely a very unique perspective concerning faith and what people think of when they think of the word faith. But that's really how I look at it. That's what I really believe. And given that I have an opportunity to tell you what I believe, I'm going to just tell you what I believe. And that is that faith is the response. It is our active response to the truth that has been revealed to us. And that response does not always have to be expressed in an outward way as a physical manifestation Of our behavior. It does not necessarily have to be shown in that way. In fact, I believe that in most cases it's not revealed in that way, but instead it has to do with the revelation of the peace and rest that an individual can experience in the core of their being in our hearts, that I believe that that is where the greatest response can actually be found, and that the physical manifestations are nothing more than a side effect, behavioral changes and attitudes and differences in terms of the decisions that we make, that those things are nothing more than secondary concerns when it comes to the subject of faith. Unfortunately, there are many people who believe that's the primary concern, but I really see it as a secondary one. The one that I'm really concerned about is what we really believe, that our God has revealed an awful lot to us concerning what he thinks, what he sees, The world that he has created, he perceives it in a very unique way, especially in comparison with everybody else who seems to be around us in this world, that our God sees things quite differently, very often. And because of that, I want to see things through his eyes, and I want to understand things through the way that he perceives what he has created and why. But please understand that it is this truth, it is the truth that he reveals to us. And the truth is the truth, no matter what it is, of course. But the Lord does not always reveal the same truth to everyone. I'm not saying that there's any contradiction concerning what he reveals. I'm only saying that sometimes he reveals something to me that he may not share with you. And he will reveal something to you that he might not share with me. Just because we are two individual people who he is experiencing an individual personal relationship with. And we should be very thankful for what he does. And sometimes people ask me questions about things. And quite often I answer them and tell them, You know, I'm really sorry, but I don't know what to tell you, because the Lord has not given me personally any insights on that subject or on that verse. He's not given me anything unique or special. I think you should just ask somebody else concerning that, that perhaps he has shared something with them, that I am not the one who receives everything from the Lord and everything passes through me, that I am the gatekeeper of the truth of God to the entire world. I just don't see that being a reality at all. But instead, it's important to see that he does reveal, he does reveal something to each one of his people and whatever he does reveal, we need to believe that. We need to truly believe the truth that he shares with us. Because if we don't, then what else do you expect him to share with you? I mean, seriously, if you're not going to truly believe what he has already shared with you then what else do you think he's going to tell you? I mean, he may just look at you and think something like, well, I've already tried to share things with you, and what do you expect me to do now? Well, he may continue, and I do believe he will, continue to speak to us, to guide us, to instruct us, and to lead us. I I do believe that he will do that, don't get me wrong. I'm only saying that it is important to pay attention to what he does share with you, because it is the truth that truly sets us free from all of our issues and concerns of life. And this freedom reveals itself in so many different ways that I cannot even begin to describe it. But instead, I'm just going to say that it's something that is very important for you to consider. And that is that you believe what he has revealed and respond. Whatever that response is, is an individual thing. I certainly cannot say what it should be in your life or what it shouldn't be in your life. In the context of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, we don't know exactly what that response necessarily would be. You could look at the beginning of verse 7 where it says, Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith, you could suggest that their response was going and speaking the word of God to them that they led others to the living God, that could very well have been a result or one of the results that he is referring to, but it could very well be other results. It does not have to be that result. And so because of that, I don't want to measure things by results. I mean, we can certainly consider results, but let's not make measurements. Let's not pass judgments concerning those results. There's no need for that whatsoever or their conduct There's no need to concern ourselves with that to ensure that our conduct and our results are the same as other people's conduct or other people's results. Please understand that your God will guide you and lead you, and if he guides you and leads you, then whatever the results are, they are his, and we can be thankful no matter what the conduct is or what the results are. But instead of focusing on that, I personally believe that we really need to concentrate on the notion of faith and see that just as they responded, look, there are people who respond to the truth. You hear the truth, respond to the truth as well. If you see others doing that, you notice that other people are doing that. When the Holy Spirit of God prompts you to respond just as he has prompted myself, just as he has prompted others who have been in your life, when you see that being a reality, you know full well, you should know full well that the Holy Spirit will prompt you as well. He will provide you with opportunities and he will provide you with experiences and circumstances and situations where you will be able to respond in light of the truth that has been revealed to you. And so do so. Do that. To me, that is the imitation or to imitate. And that is to go ahead and live as if what you have experienced, what you have received, is true. Because it is. And so live out of the abundance and out of the fullness of recognizing that truth. There is no reason, there is no reason... For you to reject the prompting of the Holy Spirit as he works in your heart. I do sincerely believe that you can. That you can do that. And that the Lord allows us the freedom and the liberty to do that. I do believe that. And I do believe that he will be with us regardless. And he will continue to live with us because that's what he promised. That he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. And so we should be thankful And know that he will continue to guide us and lead us and prompt us. That he's not going to just ignore us and just throw us aside. He's going to continue to grow us. And I have to say with great confidence that my failures he has used. He has used my failures much more than he has used my successes. Especially when it comes to knowing him. I certainly don't want to look at that as a way of trying to gain some more failures, and I don't want to encourage you in that regard either. I just want to say that in order to say that there is no need, there is no need to be ashamed, to live in shame, to live in fear, to live in condemnation concerning how you respond or how you don't respond. Please understand that the most important thing is for you to continue to pursue your God. He is there. He will always be there, and He will always guide you. Trust Him concerning this, and I believe He will reveal Himself to you. And that this will be a timeless experience, not just for us, not just for those in the past, but also for those in the future. As you continue to read in Hebrews chapter 13, beginning in verse 8, where it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And in this context, that means that just as He was a God, To those who you saw before, who you have testimonies of from before, He is also the same God to you. Now again, it does not mean that He is always going to respond to you in the same way that He responded to them. It doesn't mean that He's going to reveal the same things to you that He necessarily revealed to others. I do expect that there will be a lot of similarities, but it certainly does not mean, I'm certainly not wanting to give the impression that it always has to be that way. I don't believe that's the case. I haven't seen that in my own life, and I haven't seen that in many others as well, that I really believe in the individual experience that our God has with us. But in terms of his character, in terms of his being, in terms of his love, In terms of his sense of justice, in terms of his temperance and his mercy and his grace, in terms of how he really relates to us in the midst of our sinfulness, things like that, he is definitely the same, has always been that way, and will never be different. In terms of how he uses the law and why he uses the law, I believe, has always been the same and will always be the same. We just have to come to terms with how he uses the law and why and for what reason. And if you recognize, I believe, the true reasons for the giving of the law, then you can easily recognize how it is certainly something that he uses today, without question, in order to draw people to himself. And so when we look at things from that perspective, from the perspective of character, from the perspective of being, from the perspective of understanding, He is always the same and never will be different. And so in the context of verse 7, I believe that I can say with great confidence that if you respond to the truth, just as you have seen others respond to the truth, that the result will be conduct. That certainly, just as there was conduct that resulted from other people's faith, There will be conduct that will result from your faith. And what that will look like, I certainly don't know. But concerning the conduct, there will be results from that conduct. There will be measurable results. And what those things will be, I have no way of knowing. But what I do know is that the consistency of the character of our God will fulfill the deepest needs of your heart, just as he has fulfilled the deepest needs of many others. And the uniqueness of the works that he has prepared for you will be realized, and you will do those things, and you will be a participant in the ministry that he is involved in, in the world that he has created. And to me, there is no greater purpose that you can possibly have in this world. Pursue this and imitate in the context of respond to the truth as you are prompted to, as others have.